Hey Corain, my name is Hannah. As always, I'm here to bring you an episode that focuses on a resident, public servant, or business in the township and ask who they are and how they help the township to function. This week, we're getting back to our first responder series and I'm interviewing the captain of emergency medical services, Shane Packer. As always, I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Hey Rain. My name is Shane Packer, captain of EMS operations. And my favorite part about this township is the community support that uh, is shown throughout all levels of government as well as amongst the residents. Do you just want to dive right on in? Perfect. So what was your uh, journey like to this position? So I started as a volunteer firefighter for the Millville Fire Department. And it's something that I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this as a career or not. So being able to start as a volunteer gave me a chance to kind of see the service and kind of, you know, see if there's something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I started at Millville in 2002. Um, That merged with Ross Township. And so I became a part-time employee with Ross Township Fire Department. I attended uh, Cincinnati State's paramedic program and then was hired here at Corrin Township in 2005 as a part-time employee. Mm -hmm. I went through part of the fire academy here as well. And after that, I worked full-time at Union Township in Claremont County for two years. And then I was hired back here at Corrin Township uh, full-time. Served as a lieutenant for a few years and then was promoted to my current position as uh, captain of EMS operations in 2016. What really inspired you to go into first responding? So I am a fourth-generation firefighter uh, in terms of volunteer. Wow. going back to my great-grandfather, who was a volunteer firefighter uh, with Millville. The same with my grandfather was the fire chief at Millville uh, in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I grew up around the volunteer side of it, and it's something that I knew that I at least wanted to be a volunteer and give back to my community. Mm-hmm. In that sense, uh, it wasn't really until I started running and um, got exposed to it and really kind of caught the bug, if you will, and fell in love with serving the community. And then I think, um, so early on, uh, I switched and went into uh, my fire and EMS certifications at Cincinnati State Mm -hmm. and kind of switched my career paths there at 19 because I knew I wanted to do this as a career. Yeah. Do you still do the fire side or are you mostly EMS now? So I am in administration. So right now I just oversee our EMS operations. Uh, I still get out and uh, make some fire responses, still actively involved as a fire instructor, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as an EMS instructor. Uh, But right now my role is mostly administrative, so I don't get to go out too much and make too many, you know, fire incident responses other than from a command standpoint. Yeah, that actually perfectly segues to my next question. What takes up the bulk of your time? So there's... Uh, I always like to say uh, D, all the above, (laughs) you know, whenever there's a question about my, you know, kind of responsibilities. Uh, Like today, it's kind of filled with uh, meetings. We've been working on our emergency operations plan, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, helping with our quality assurance and quality improvement, uh, working with our, you know, EMS QA coordinator. Yeah. um, Acting as a liaison, if you will, uh, working with the uh, different hospital EMS coordinators and such, Mm -hmm. uh, actively involved in several different committees. Uh, throughout the region for like our Southwest Ohio protocols, as far as our disaster preparedness coalition and such, pre-hospital care operations, uh, been involved with some accreditation committees and such. 
So a lot of it is just uh, building up networking and getting out and yeah. kind of representing the agency throughout the region. It really is all of the above then. That was a, yes. a wide range. So you seem like you've really kind of fulfilled every part of this career. If you had to give any advice to someone, maybe just starting their path into EMS or fire, what would you say to them? You know, I would start with, um, you know, kind of painting realistic expectations of what it is. I think sometimes we have some people that just want to do one side or the other, uh, whether they just want to run, you know, kind of just be a firefighter, but not necessarily be a paramedic or the other way around. But that's not really how it works in our region. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's something that, you know, you want to paint a picture that say, if you want to do this as a career, you can't just be a firefighter. You also have to be certified paramedic. So you have to make sure that you want to do both. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think you would struggle um, and, you know, you wouldn't be able to find a job and such. Um, but I would, you know, have them get out, you know, a lot of times, especially for younger people, join an explorers program. Okay. Um, that is something that I had worked with for a couple years at uh, Ross when I was working there. When I met with parents, I would tell them, you know, have your high school student join the program, let them see it mm -hmm. firsthand. And those that realize they don't want to do this as a career, that was just as much of a success story as someone that went on to the fire service because they got a chance to see it mm -hmm. and then realize, you know what, this isn't for me. I want to go down a different career path and do something else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, try to get uh, try to kind of get exposed to the, the, the service in some way or another, you know, observation time or something. Yeah. Uh, to really see if that's something that, that you could do. Sometimes it's just about uh, as much figuring out what you don't want to do as figuring out what you do want to do. Sure. As someone who's uh, switched their major several times, I think that's something I oh, like to yeah. tell myself. Absolutely. But yeah. What is the, the volume of calls that you respond to? So organizationally, we respond to 8,000, approximately 8,500 EMS calls per year. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something that uh, puts us as the busiest county department, if you will. Obviously, the city of Cincinnati is a much busier agency. But yeah. um, overall, you know, if we're looking at uh, over 8,000 EMS incidents uh, uh, each year, uh, that's a significant workload on our personnel and our units and such. Mm -hmm. um, I try to get out and make responses, you know, for like significant, you know, auto accidents with entrapment, uh, some cardiac arrests and such, mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of get out and, you know, make sure I'm there to help support our personnel. Yeah. Kind of help, you know, manage, you know, maybe kind of act as a family liaison if need be and such. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I definitely try to get out on some of those more significant events. Yeah. And check in. What would you say motivates you every day to do this job? Or is there something that really inspires you? So there are a few things, because um, I love reading about, you know, kind of culture and such. Uh, big sports fan, and so I not only like to watch, you know, Ohio State football, but I really mm -hmm. am, am intrigued by the culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to, you know, Trestle and then Meyer, mm -hmm. now, you know, Ryan Day and such, or different organizations, Columbus Blue Jackets, you name it. And so I think uh, a couple things, you know, number one, a commitment to excellence. I think that is something that as an organization, you know, we stand for commitment to excellence in all that we do. Mm -hmm. And that goes for me as well. Uh, you know, just whatever it is today, you know, just commit to doing it and doing it well. A um, couple other things I think that I carry with me is one is, uh, you know, E plus R equals O event plus response equals outcome and that R is what we control. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your R factor, how will you respond? I think that's really important in this industry as far as, you know, 
the incidents that are kind of thrown your way, you know, you're thrust into an auto accident with, uh, you know, critical life-threatening injuries or a house fire or a cardiac arrest, you know, and such, and how do you respond? I think that's important in this profession, but uh, on a personal level as well, you know, life throws things at you every day. Yeah. How do you respond? Um, and that really translates to who you are inside the firehouse, on the fire ground, as well as outside. Um, and then I just think uh, maybe the only other one that I kind of try to carry with me is uh, simply stated, you know, win the moment. Mm -hmm. Whatever we're doing right now, you know, win the moment. But then that applies to me as much as, a, you know, being a father, being home, being a husband, you know, win the moment there. Yeah. You know, you're not here at work, be in the moment at home, you know, win the moment there, if you will. And yeah. uh, so it's, those are the kind of the things that I try to carry with me and motivate me every day. Yeah, those are awesome. Those are definitely things that expand so much outside of, like you were saying, that all aspects of life. Right, absolutely. And going back to that commitment to excellence, you guys were the, the 2018 Ohio EMS agency, correct? That is correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that is something that, uh, you know, just really reflects on the organization top to bottom, the work that all of our personnel do day in and day out, um, the additional programs that we run, the collaboration with other agencies outside of Corning Township and such. It's just something that was, uh, it was well-deserved, and it was well-deserved for everyone from mm -hmm. top to bottom in this organization. Yeah, it seems like I just sat down with um, Assistant Chief Walls, on Friday and he had a very similar commitment to excellence and it seems like definitely something rooted in the culture mm -hmm. of the firehouse here. Absolutely and I think that um, you know commitment to excellence does differentiate from like you know strive for perfection or being I think a perfectionist can struggle mm -hmm. in this line of work because any incident scene will throw you so many curveballs mm -hmm. right and so there's nothing that's kind of seems like it goes textbook yeah. So I think if you're that perfectionist, if you're looking for, you know, to go <laughs> A, B, C, D, E and check each box, it's not going to happen. A lot of times you need to have plan B, plan C, yeah. you know, already in mind and such. So I think, yeah, commitment to excellence in all that we do, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of ingrained in our culture here. Yeah, and that, that also commitment to humanity yes. seems very rooted in the firehouse Absolutely. here. How has COVID-19 really affected this position? So COVID-19 really kind of... Uh, flipped my world upside down being the EMS operations captain. Yeah. It is something that um, I started serving on a public health EMS advisories committee um, along public health, you know, alongside with public health directors uh, and EMS coordinators back in January mm -hmm. as we were starting to write uh, policies and procedures for our, you know, regional response. Um, and that was, you know, when things were kind of starting to take off, you know, overseas. And so we were kind of finalizing what our response protocols would look like. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously once things hit stateside, you know, then it's just my work just kind of <laughs> <laughs> elevated, you know, to uh, levels that it has not before, you know, not in, during my tenure as EMS captain. Uh, it's something that... It's definitely you know, a new thing. It's not... Well, absolutely. Happened. Well, and it was so, it's so dynamic still. But it's something that the, the recommendations from the CDC and Ohio Depu uh, Department of Public Health, they were changing daily. And I actually came into work, I was here 27 days straight in the office. Oh, wow. Trying to keep up with things, keep up with the changes, providing updates to our crews on a daily basis, mm -hmm. um, trying to work, navigate through, you know, the shortage of supplies, you know, that this yeah. was causing and such. Um, and then, you know, finally 
day 28 came and I was like, I have to take a day off. I can't, you know. Um, but uh, still to this day, it's, uh, you know, still very time consuming yeah. in terms of um, monitoring all of our data here, uh, kind of seeing what we're doing in terms of uh, number of transports, suspected transports of COVID patients, monitoring our PPE inventory here, uh, kind of continue to watch the governor's, you know, press briefings twice a week, Hamilton County Public Health weekly updates and such. Mm -hmm. So it's still very uh, much time consuming. And it's important to stay on top of that, not only, you know, first and foremost for the, uh, the health and uh, well-being of our residents, but as well as our personnel, you yeah. know, making sure that they stay safe and keeping them and the, their family members safe and healthy is important. Has it changed the procedures at all? Like say you go into a house for a cardiac arrest, does it change your, how you would treat that previously or? Yes, it has absolutely changed some of our procedures in the sense of um, the PPE as well as, um, you know, now to limit our number of uh, occupational exposures, what we'll do is we'll just have the medic crew go in first mm -hmm. and provide an initial patient assessment to see if they actually need, you know, additional personnel inside or can those, you know, engine company personnel be in the medic unit helping, you know, establish IVs. Yeah. Maybe prepare meds, get the cot ready and such. Um, but it has changed it because now, you know, we're thinking about, uh, you know, management of personnel in terms of uh, limiting possible exposures mm -hmm. and such. So it's definitely changed our approach. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's go back to what you said a few minutes ago. You talked about being on a, a public health board. What do you think the role of public health plays in EMS? A lot of that has to do with prevention and public education. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a very defined role. Uh, and I think that we, over the course of the years, have strengthened relationships because sometimes, you know, we are the resource. You're having, you know, a heart attack or stroke or whatever that case may be. We mm -hmm. take you to the hospital. Sometimes, though, maybe we're not the final resource and we act more like a patient navigator mm -hmm. and someone needs some additional resources, you know, council aging or whatever that case might be. And so then that's when we get Hamilton County Public Health involved and help, um, you know, with some additional resources. Yeah, especially on that, that prevention side too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, um, you know, that's kind of really the, the basic foundation of public health has to do with the, uh, the prevention and the education and such. So I have a really... Uh keen interest in public health and the role it plays in our daily lives and how those socioeconomic factors play into public health. So I think that was just kind of a selfish question for me out of my, my oh, own yeah. curiosity. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. You don't realize the, the little things that completely control your health and the care you receive. And it's a really fascinating field. If anyone is, is interested in it, I could talk about it for hours. Absolutely. But yeah. What would you say is the best part of your job? Well, I am a big believer in servant leadership. And so I loved being a, a company officer, loved being a lieutenant, because mm -hmm. uh, I felt like, you know, I would come in every shift and what can I do for our crew? And I think within this position now, you know, overseeing EMS operations, I try to take that, I do take that same mindset of servant leadership, but now it's like, what can I do for all of our personnel? Yeah. To equip and inspire, right? To make sure that they have the proper training and the equipment to perform their duties at a high level. So I always try to take that mindset of, um, you know, kind of being that 
ultimate servant leader and mm -hmm. you know what can I do today to equip and inspire our personnel to be great yeah you know and I, I just try to take that approach every day how would you define being a servant leader that's well, a tricky question I, I yeah, apologize yeah. you need to no, take a, a no, second no, to think that's all right. that's a, no, that's a I, like I said when I, when I think about servant leadership it's what what can I do for you not what can you do for me mm -hmm. right to me leaders lead people managers manage processes mm -hmm. I don't want to be I mean I get it you know you have to do both in these roles but I just don't want to manage processes I want to lead people so that's when I think about you know servant leadership what what can I do for you to help continue to elevate your performance yeah and so that's where I think that servant leadership mindset comes into place uh, and it's not the other way around that's saying well I'm the boss this is what you're gonna do for me it's, no it's mm -hmm. putting yourself you. before them right. and saying how can I help before yeah, they're the ones that are out there making the 8,500 EMS responses a year it's not me right they're the ones representing the organization on a daily basis mm -hmm. so it's just what can I do for them to ensure that they have the equipment and training they need to perform at a high level yeah yeah I think that is really important what have been some of your biggest accomplishments or proudest moments working for Colerain? You know, you could set aside any formal recognition. I think mm -hmm. that our proudest moments are really those small moments. Um, when we get feedback from family, you know, whether on scene or, you know, at the hospital after you transported their loved one, to the hospital um, and for me now representing all of our personnel in this role receiving the feedback from the family kind of getting the phone call you know just want to say thank you you know family member that was maybe a family member that was in cardiac arrest mm -hmm. uh, and you know our personnel showed up uh, you know started CPR providing medications and all ACLS procedures and such and we were able to um, you know save this person's life I think those are really the proudest moments um, like I said, you could take the awards and any other form of recognition, they're great, but I think it's truly about, um, you know, how you make people feel. Uh, and I think that's something that I always try to carry with me as well. It's, you know, it's, people don't always remember what you said, but mm -hmm. they will always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And so that is just something that uh, when you have those little moments, I think those are, you know, huge moments. Exactly. Especially... Uh, for you guys, you're coming in at might, might be one of the, the worst or most hopeless moments of their life, and you're providing that hope and that help. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. It is something that, um, you know, they are calling us on their worst day of their lives, and it is something that uh, we can have a significant positive impact on mm -hmm. that moment. Yeah. It is really, it's really powerful what first responders do. Oh, no. All right. Okay. We'll wrap it up. Uh, do you want to talk about Ohio State football at all? <laughs> uh, <Not> now, no. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a sad subject. It's, it was a, a, it was a hard day for me. I'll be, I'll be really honest. It was not, not my brightest day. So, yeah, I think I was in denial, and then the Blue Jackets were on. Yes. So it kind of took my mind off of it. And they went into five overtimes, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, for six and hours plus, you know, you're not thinking about it. Then the Blue Jackets lost. <laughs> and 
in the fifth overtime, you're like, oh, this is terrible. They're like, oh, yeah, the Big Ten canceled their season. <laughs> yeah. I was in – I was definitely – I got, like, the, the Bleacher Report rumor notification. I was like, oh, there are only two teams have currently voted for – to like remain playing and I was like oh like it's just a rumor like it's fine like it's it's not gonna happen they're not gonna cancel it especially because it's like my senior year so I was like there's Uh, no yeah don't it's not gonna happen and then when it when it actually happened I was not yeah there was definitely some moping going around on that day absolutely your senior year you know and you're thinking about um you know just Saturday's game day and being at the shoe and yeah all that and or at least I was like, at least I'll get to some form watch the game. Maybe it's on TV this year. I'm in the, the media production program at OSU. So I was like, oh, I'll nice. just get a press pass and be able to watch it. Right. Uh, and just hold a camera while I do it. But, <sighs> oh, <this> COVID. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, uh, it's something that obviously you want to take all precautions. Um, I think it's probably been very frustrating and challenging for them because, you know, trying to meet the protocols and then the changes in the protocols and the procedures moving forward and I'm sure at the end of the day it's um, you know it's just got to be kind of disheartening if you will that uh, you worked very hard to try to follow yeah the the outline procedures and then you know for that to happen Uh, I definitely do not envy anyone making that decision especially because during training I think they had a a few outbreaks right I don't know exactly if it was on the football team but other other fall sports teams and then right at that point but yeah at the end of the day yeah you're just trying to make decisions to um keep you know everyone uh safe and healthy so exactly and hopefully those players who who their senior year was affected will be able to to redshirt i think they're that's their current plan or springtime play which is a little sad i won't be there hopefully i'll be co-oping in the spring so i won't (laughs) Somehow they managed to just miss me again, but oh, okay. I'll just be rooting for them in my living room. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost the same as being in the shoe. Almost. <laughs> almost. That's what I'll tell myself. Yeah, Maybe almost. I'll I'll dress up for it and. You'll save money that way. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you would like to plug or programs you would like to highlight before you leave? No, I thank you. You know, for having me on. Like I said, I think the the best part about uh, you know this community truly is um, the community support. You know that we see from our residents, and that uh, you kind of see with all the neighborhood initiatives and such. And uh, it's just it's truly an honor uh, to uh, serve in this role and serve this community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Hey, Corinne, you just heard my interview with Emergency Medical Services Captain Shane Packer. For more interviews like it, check out our Spotify and Apple Music page and be sure to rate and subscribe to us while there. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week.